This is Indie Business Podcast, Episode 73. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, mentor, and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at Indie Business Network and the lead entrepreneur mentor at Maker Mastermind Business Incubator. My goal is to help you build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. In this episode, I will introduce you to Melissa Troop of Mocha Whip in West Palm Beach, Florida. Melissa makes whipped vegan body butters with ingredients like cocoa butter, shea butter, and aloe juice. Her products can be found at her website and at dozens of Whole Foods and Earth Fair stores throughout Florida. You can get a summary for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 73. I can't wait to introduce you to Melissa Troop of Mocha Whip in West Palm Beach, Florida. But first, this podcast is brought to you by Maker Mastermind Business Incubator, your opportunity to work with me personally in a small group setting to grow your business. Whether you are in the emerge phase of your business, just getting things off the ground, or you're a seasoned entrepreneur ready to embrace multiple income streams in the evolve or maybe even the expand phase of your business. Your individual Maker Mastermind Business Incubator experience can help you achieve more and stay on track. Doors are open now. Learn more and join today at makermastermind.com. And now let's welcome Melissa Troop of Mocha Whip in West Palm Beach, Florida. Melissa Troop from Mocha Whip. How are you today? Hey, I'm good. Super excited. So Mocha Whip, now, first of all, let me ask you, where are you? Like, where's your business and where are you physically right now? We are based in West Palm Beach, Florida. That's where our business is. That's where we physically do everything in our workshop. And that's kind of where we set our footprint as far as retail locations as well. And is that like physically where you are now? Are you in your space down there or in your kitchen? Are you in your family room? I actually am home in West Palm Beach, Florida, because the office is loud. So, <laughs> oh yes, yeah, we make everything. So there's mixers and talking and banging and all of that. So I was like, let me not be in the office and and let me actually just be home in the quiet. So I'm home. Oh, you know that's a good idea. One day, you know, we should probably do a podcast from someone's mixing space. That would really be interesting. You gave me a good idea, Melissa. Yeah, you'd probably (laughs) like it. It is definitely eventful over there. Yes, yes. Well, sometimes, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's wonderful to get the feel for a location because you can hear what's going on in the background. Yep. Sometimes when you can't see it, it's even more powerful because your ears really are in tune with what is that? Is that a mixer? Someone's stirring yep. something or pouring something. So that's an interesting idea. So Mocha Whip down there in Florida, tell us a little bit about how you started your business. Where did you get this idea for these awesome moisturizers that you offer? Well, I started in my kitchen. I know that's a common story for all of us makers. Um, yes. I started in my kitchen. Um, it definitely started out as a passion project project. It started out as a lot of fun. Um, as the business began to grow, it began to take over the entire downstairs of the home. And I quickly realized that I needed to turn this into a real operation before I lose my complete sanity. 
<laughs> your whole so, downstairs. Was it a problem to have it take up your whole downstairs? <laughs> yes, it was. It Just, was. Okay, okay, so let me let me paint this picture. I'm a okay. mother of three. So not having anywhere for the kids to sit when it's time for dinner, not being able to fully utilize my kitchen because I've always got products up and mixing and my products are vegan. So I really have to be respectful of the space while I am creating and not being able to utilize my kitchen and do my day to day because there's only one kitchen Mm -hmm. made it really, really taxing. So getting into this new space has been the best thing since sliced bread. And how long have you been in your new space? We've been in the new space for about three months, but it was kind of a slow move in there. So all of us, the entire team have really only been in there about one month. So Melissa, take us back to when your, uh, your mocha whip was, had taken over the whole first floor of your house. Like, mm-hmm. like at some point you must've been like, so excited, like, oh my gosh, I'm this busy that, you know, this business yes. is really going to work. Like, but what, so what was it like to be in that position and then having to make, make a jump? Because a, a lot of our listeners are like in that position right now. And they're like, yeah. oh my gosh, what do I do? I, I, I got to either go or, or go. I got to close or go. So yeah. what do I, what am I going to do? So for me, it was definitely crucial to be able to have team members and advisors that I could talk to, to help me decide exactly when to move and how. Um, I knew that I absolutely had to, and I knew that it was time to grow. Um, I also had contracts. I have contracts with Whole Foods and Earth Fair. So it's very important that I rise to the occasion and meet demand. So I was sure on the move. I just wasn't exactly sure how. So my advice to makers would be one, to seek advice from others around you if you already have that type of relationship with others around you. And two, to write down the steps of the things that you need to do um, prior to it getting crazy. Because once things get crazy, it's very hard to think. And um, that's something that definitely happened. As As everything was expanding downstairs, there were a lot of different emotions. I was super excited, super happy, super overwhelmed, but just as overwhelmed as I was happy. So it did get hard to think. And going back to notes that I had taken of steps and plans and all of that definitely came into handy to help me get to the next level and rise to the occasion. You know, that's an interesting point. Almost like almost like journaling your ideas that there is a calming sense, would you agree, that comes over you even in the midst of this of the whirlwind or the storm, where when you sit down and look at your thoughts, things just you can take a, a, a deep breath and not be so overcome. Is that kind of what you're describing? Absolutely. Being That's able good. to That's just good advice. write it down, calm down, or even just remembering what you wrote down mm-hmm. in those calm moments. So that way you don't have to be so great. I don't have to be this, you know, impossibly, wonderfully perfect mother, businesswoman, wife, and all these other things. I can just go back to my notes when I actually am losing it and look like I have it together because I wrote it down at a point that I did. Right. <laughs> right. I'm going to read this journal because it's going to convince me that mm-hmm. I have this together. Mm-hmm. So get, but, you know, there's power in that. Well, that's, <laughs> that's so, right. there's so much power in that being because that's how you're talking to yourself. 
That's right. You're, you're giving yourself a really good pep talk. So you mentioned, as you described that experience, that um, you knew it was time to move. How did you know, uh, other than obviously there's, you know, shea butter whip everywhere um, <laughs> on the first floor, like other right, than right, that, right. how did you know it was time to go? How did you know, okay, when we take this leap and have these additional expenses, because that's what happens mm-hmm. when you move out, how mm-hmm. do we, how do we know that it's time to take on those extra expenses? For me, it was, I know for everyone, everyone's journey is different. For me, it was super clear because I was already launching in Whole Foods. They started me in 21 stores. So it was really clear that I was going to need to rise to the occasion to be able to meet the demand. And also, as far as um, protocol is concerned, I have to get out of my shared kitchen as well. So it made the decision of whether or not I should move super duper easy. It was it was really, really crucial. Um, I had to be. Compliant. And I would imagine financially you felt decent because 21 stores is going to pay for something. <laughs> right. So I started yeah. in 21. Uh, a few months later, they expanded me to 23. So now I'm in 23 with Whole Foods. Congratulations. This, thank you so much. Um, and at the same time, we went to 15 stores in Earth Fair. So as far as knowing that the product would do well, that was already there for me. I just had to rise to the occasion of everything that was coming forth. And so that's why it was kind of a no-brainer that I had to move. The, the real question for me was just how to. Um, and that was a journey in and of itself. Finding mm-hmm. the space, working those deals, and you know, going through all the logistics and rigmarole of getting, getting the space and the contracts together was another journey but I knew it was one that needed to be taken to get to the next level. And so from start to finish, from the time you said, okay, we have to move to the time that you actually started moving, not when you finished, because I know you said that was three months, but from Mm -hmm. the time that you knew you had to go to the time when you are actually carrying boxes in for the first time, how many months was that approximately? That was about three months as well. It was three months of back and forth, searching different places, mm-hmm. striking up different contracts, going to the next. That was about three months as well. Which That's you know, I know quick. it could have been you, longer. You were determined, yeah. yeah. It could yeah. have been longer, but I guess I was a bit nervous, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I didn't want to stay in my kitchen too long. I, I wanted to get um, compliant very quickly. Yeah. And I also wanted to meet demand very quickly. So it wasn't just the compliance factor. Like I told you, like mm-hmm. to live in a space that you can't exactly use for yourself starts to kind of chip away at you, especially yeah. as a, a, a woman. If you do like to cook and you do like certain um, patterns in your home to lose those patterns for a really long period of time is a real sacrifice. And so that sacrifice was made and it was time for Mocha Whip to move into its own space. So that's probably that. why I was so quick. And so, so how, how, when did you start your business? What year was that? So I officially launched the business December, 2017. Okay. Um, okay. I officially actually started offering my products. I believe it was March. So it took me a few months, March, 2018. Your growth has been pretty steady then. That sounds fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Congratulations on having your house back. I think everyone listening knows exactly what that's like. Um, no <laughs> right? matter what kind of business you have, you tend to spread. 
Like right. I can remember, you know, my kids would just pick up my laptop and pick up all my business stuff and just move it out of the kitchen and go put it back in my office um, mm-hmm. because that's where it belonged. But I would kind of spread out and kind of forget, whoops, you know, but anyway, that, that's that I'm probably not nearly as disciplined as you are. It sounds like you really um, were able to kind of, you know, compress a lot of growth into two years. And that's very inspiring. So I know that you have a family. And I think I also know from reading up on you that your family helps you in your business. That's right. We we are family owned to the nth degree. (laughs) So um, my husband and I are the ones who formulate and make the products. We have uh, my mom also helping. She usually either handles office and admin, and she also helps with products just because since we're making every step of the product, we need like five to 10 helpers to handle the volume that we're doing. So she does also help with products, but she does a lot of office admin and customer service. My dad is an attorney, so he handles all of our legal And then I already mentioned that my husband helps formulate, but he also manages the shipping, the receiving, and then my brother manages shipping, receiving, and logistics. So it's, everybody's got a lane and we need everyone's participation to really help this thing continue to grow. What is it like to be in business with so many family members? That's a lot, that's like a reality TV show. It probably is. The reason why it's, peaceful for me is because each of our family members naturally does something different. So for instance, if you were to come tour the office, my whole family isn't just in the office. Okay. (laughs) Okay. If that makes any sense. A lot of us are out. So the only ones who are actually in the office is me, my husband, and my mom. And all the other family members, most of what they do is just wherever they are. So I we're actually not in each other's space all of the time. And that is helpful. Uh-huh. That's, important. <laughs> and that's the key. But we are able to get stuff done really well, probably because we actually naturally have different lanes. Very good. And I, Very I think good. that's one of the main keys. And I bet you designed it that way. Well, I can say I designed it that way. Kind of, kind of me, yes. But quite honestly, it was just blessings from God that we happened to have different gifts. You know, but you know what you have to see those. I'm so glad you're mentioning this because this is, it's a tough thing for some people, me included, like people, people are in the right to some people say people are in the right seat on the bus when they're in the right seat. It's because there's a leader who saw the need for the seat to be filled. And then Mm. from all the heads they could choose from, they put the right one in that seat. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty big deal um, for for you to have that, um, you know, that's that capability to be able to do that. Congratulations again on that. I mean, I can just see, let me just tell you when I went to your Instagram, not, and you know, I'm, I'm different from most people that go to Instagram. Like I'm an entrepreneur. So I see things like, you know what I mean? I I saw products and they're beautiful. We're going to talk about that. But what I also saw was organization and I saw, I saw polish. That's what I saw. And just, yes. And so it shows. And I think there's a level of confidence that is delivered, not just because the products look great or the pictures are nice. You know how Instagram is, but there's a level of confidence that's delivered when you can hear a person's voice 
standing behind you can see the hands move and sync with the voice. You know what I'm saying? It's like a, yeah. it's like a, it's like a play. It's like a, it's a directed play. And um, th- that's what marketing really is. And that's I just right. wanted to compliment you on that because I see that and I see that you have your, your support that you bolstered yourself with to be able to have all of that shine on your products in a way that makes people want to experience them. Well, thank Speaking you. Speaking of I, which. I definitely agree with yeah, you. Thank yeah, you. of course. Yes. So let's talk about your product. So Mocha Whip. Yes. Right. Okay. Everybody can kind of get a, get an idea of what that might mean, but tell us a little yep. bit about what you offer. Okay. So um, quick backstory. Mocha Whip started when my first business failed and I did not know that that was going to be the start of Mocha Whip, but that is what happened. Uh, My first business was a hair extensions business. It failed and we hit rock bottom. um, As you can imagine, we had to simplify everything. And that simplification of our personal care routines and everything else is eventually what led to Mocha. What happened was I had to simplify things by using products like just pure olive oil, Um, Vaseline, when it was time to clean, I was just using baking soda. Everything was like single ingredient. And when it came to personal care, the olive oil, the grapeseed oil, using just these simple little oils was very beneficial for my skin and my hair. And I was like, wow, this is actually really working. But it was incredibly boring. I really, really missed my skincare, personal care routine, but we just couldn't afford to spend that way anymore. And so when I eventually launched Mocha Whip a few years later, what I wanted to do was build a brand that merged both sides, the super duper simplicity and the indulgence. Oftentimes when you see super simple, super natural products, they are super serious. And I wanted my products to be fun, delectable, indulgent, and still only carry just a few ingredients and mm-hmm. still be natural and vegan and organic and all those things. So that was the, the mission and the vision behind what I built and why I built it, paired with the fact that my kids also have eczema. So these had the natural vitamins in it to help them with everything that they were always going through with their little patches and things like that. So why, why is vegan important to you for your product line? Is that a lifestyle thing, uh, generally speaking, or is that something that's specific to your products? So it, it was a lifestyle thing. I was totally vegan at one point in my life. I no longer eat vegan, but I just do my best. I do my best to keep my products as clean and as natural. I definitely remain cruelty-free all around and as animal-friendly as I possibly can. And I try to balance that all the way around with my products and with my personal life as well. Okay, so listen, one of the, one of the most endearing and awesome things I discovered on your Instagram is these little cuties. <laughs> they are, tell everybody what the cuties are. So you're talking about the little mini jars? Yes. They are, are they not called <laughs> are cuties? The, they are adorable. I, I, think I, call them, I think I call them cuties. I do. But those are our mini jars. Those 
are our best seller. I don't even think those are live on the website right now, but those are our absolute best seller. And that was my way of introducing our startup line. So everybody could just test every, every fragrance that we offered, however they wanted in those little cuties okay. it was available. And those were, those were a huge hit. I'm sure. And I know you said you were just teasing us with them, dangling them on your Instagram. <laughs> um, they make a great stocking stuffer, but you also yeah. have, um, you also have something I think I saw swirlies. Yes. Which, oh my gosh, Melissa, can I just say, you guys, I'm sorry, but you are going to want to get a spoon and eat it because it just yeah. looks like whipped hot chocolate with co- Oh, mm. tell us about that. Yep. So the swirlies evolved as well. Originally, the swirlies were more of a solidified product. Uh, it looked very similar to a swirled soap, quite honestly. I would pour the shea butter in and I would pour the dark cocoa butter in and then swirl it. And But the usability factor was a little difficult because the shea butter would be just a bit too hard to actually use, even though it was beautiful, just like a swirled soap. Mm-hmm. So I evolved the swirlies into a softer version. So what I started doing was I started whipping my shea butter and then I would swirl the dark cocoa butter into the whip. So now the swirlies look, like you said, pretty much like an ice cream swirly and they have that super yummy appeal. Um, And the fragrance goes with it. So the fragrance doesn't help at all as far as being... (laughs) having the yummy appeal. It's going to make you feel like, oh, wow, can I just, you know, take a quick lick or no? A quick lick. Exactly. <laughs> a quick lick. <laughs> just, just a quick try. So, so yeah, the yummy appeal is really strong. That And that that's kind of what I wanted. I wanted that indulgent factor. I wanted you to feel like how you feel when you grab a pint of ice cream or your favorite frozen yogurt or whatever your, your treat of choice is. That was the idea. Definitely seem, it seems, it works on the eyes. Uh, I got to tell you that. So let's talk a little bit about Instagram. You're very active on Instagram. Um, Mm -hmm. Is that your favorite social media outlet? Right now? Yes. Instagram is, it probably used to be Facebook like most people. And then yes, Instagram currently is, especially for business. Um, Instagram has the highest engagement in, in marketing terms, you know, it has the highest engagement. It's the best place to really reach customers. Um, and I find that it's easier to connect personally on Instagram, the way that the Instagram profile is shut up, set up, the way that you share, and the way that you're able to comment, connect, direct message, all of that. So that's that is if I had to pick comment. one, that's the one. So tell us a little bit about what you mean by that. The way it's laid out makes it easier to share. I, I have not heard anyone say that before. I've actually heard more about Facebook in that regard. So tell us a little bit about the strategy and how, how you feel that it is easier on Instagram to do that sharing. And you said you actually thought it was Facebook and then you sort of transitioned. I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Well, it, it was Facebook. Um, so I'm trying not to get super nerdy. Marketing is my background, but it was Facebook. No, I, Facebook. I want you to get nerdy, and here's why. All I right, think let's most go of in. Our <laughs> we need let's let's dive in, girl. Let's let's do this. All right. So Facebook, they changed their algorithm to where most of what Facebook is about now is about uh, personal relationships and organic, personal, non-business 
social sharing. Prior to that, it was a place where businesses could grow organically, similar to how you do with your personal profiles. That's no longer an option if you did not already start your business before that change. The reason that happened is because there were just too many businesses on the profiles and it was kind of changing the Facebook ecosystem. So businesses can no longer organically share and get many views, shares, likes, comments. You're not going to get great visibility. It's just not possible with the algorithm anymore. Facebook's focus is on personal profiles. So if someone prefers Facebook, they're probably talking about their personal profile, not their business profile. For Instagram, the opposite is currently true. Everything changes, but currently the opposite is true where when you set up your profile, whether you set it up as personal or business, it's much easier to get higher, faster engagement from natural, real people, less sales solicitation, things of that nature. And you can grow your business organically with little to no money. You can even get creative and get promoted shout outs from like-minded accounts who have your similar demographic, things like that collaborate with people and you can grow exponentially on Instagram in a way that you can't currently on Facebook. Now with Facebook Thank you though, so much for sharing that. Sorry, well, go just ahead. one more Facebook what? Mm-hmm. With Facebook though, the the most magical thing about Facebook is probably Facebook ads. And that's the way they have it set up currently. Yeah. Yeah. If you choose if you choose to go the Facebook ads route. And that is all. <laughs> That, there's so many, so many juicy nuggets in there. So um, one thing you mentioned is that, you know, currently, this is how it is currently. This stuff mm-hmm. is always changing. And you mentioned that you're kind of a marketing nerd. So let me ask you for all of our listeners who are not marketing nerds, but who also need to be aware of these changes and evolutions because social media is very evolutionary. How mm-hmm. would you encourage them to, you know, make the, make the decision to stay current on all of these things. If they really don't get into it, like you and I could, sounds like we could like veg out on this stuff all day. Um, Not everyone's like that yet. It's still crucial to their businesses that they embrace it somehow. Do you have any words of encouragement or advice for people who are in that situation, Melissa? Yes. um, I'm thinking of there's a lot of different options. First of all, don't think that you have no option if it's not your thing. That's the first thing. You always have options. Um, one of them is a bit obvious. You can have someone else do your social media for you. If that's not an option and you must do it yourself, then I would say you don't have to become an expert at it. You just want to be really good in your lane. So I would say pick the profile that you're going to choose based on where you have the best chances. So for now, I recommend Mm -hmm. a place like Instagram. YouTube has Mm -hmm. great engagement if you're willing to make videos, things like that. And you want to pick a couple of profiles. If you can pick more than one, that's a good thing. And try to be as consistent as possible on the profile that you choose to engage with. That's really, really it. The other thing that's really important is to be authentically you, your brand that is. So whatever the personality of your brand is, do your best to portray that 
the way you wrote down. Remember we talked about writing something down. Whatever you wrote down that you wanted for your brand, the personality that you wanted to share and exude, remember that. That's going to come in handy because you're going to see a lot out there and you might get information overload. Uh, you've heard the term comparison is the thief of joy. And when you get on social media, especially when you're looking at other brands, you could get derailed by looking at a bunch of other brands who are doing a bunch of other things and a bunch of other colors and flavors and all these things. And you could get to the point where you start second guessing yourself when you never were before. So remember what you wrote down about what you want to be and how you want to be it. And you want to kind of stay the course and share consistently. The last thing is, because I realize I can go on forever, but this would be the last thing. <laughs> the last thing is to connect and engage with your audience. This is more crucial than anything. Even if your images aren't the best, maybe you don't have the best footage and the best camera, but simply by being relatable, reachable, and authentic, people will come back to you time and time again, happily and emphatically. No, I just I'm I've I have apparently we have wound Melissa up, and um, <laughs> this is no, this is really really it's really really good stuff. So, um, that is those are really really useful. Like minimize the number of places you are. Yeah. Uh, don't get derailed by what everyone else is doing because you yeah. will not only be derailed, you will be demolished because yeah, it will a, be it's a will mind game, you know, isn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. It's a mind game. Like, you know, and, and this is, this is true for your business and this is true for yourself. I actually don't um, have my personal profile extremely active, but whether you're talking about your business or yourself, that's exactly true where, you know, you can really lose yourself. So you want to keep that in balance. Sometimes looking is good. It's great research, but it's up to you to decide whether you're getting a little off balance with yeah. where you said you were going. Yeah. Yeah. And, and making sure that you're, that when you do go to research, your mind is ready for research. You don't just stumble right. over there, but you're really That's like, right. I'm going to spend 15 minutes getting 10 awesome ideas from other people. And then I'm going to go execute them. Um, right. I, I love that. Love that approach. And then also you talked about the importance of actually coming back and talking to people because they will come back to you. Yes. Is that kind of just our human nature? Like we will gravitate toward what acknowledges us and what makes us feel good about ourselves? Absolutely. People like people. <laughs> They're not going to fall in love with a logo, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. If you become more than a logo and you become the person who propels your brand, who they connect with, who they have a love for, and they really appreciate the products that you're putting out, that type of a relationship and the type of word of mouth that will spread from that is invaluable. So Melissa, you sell your products, obviously you wholesale them because you're in, in Whole Foods and Earth Fair. And I'm mm -hmm. going to try to find you. I don't know if you've made it up to North Carolina yet, but I'm really excited. <laughs> you're not that far away. So hopefully they've, they'll pick you up here soon if they haven't yeah. already. You also sell online, right? So we can buy mm -hmm. things on your website. Do you have any other ways that you sell your products? Like do you do shows or pop-ups or anything right else? Right now, the only other venue is uh, wholesale through fair.com, mochawhip.fair.com. So I, we do do wholesale. How them. is fair working for you? Do you like that? 
fair, we, we're pretty new with fair, but so far so good. We've already gotten a couple of orders and we just launched with them. So, so far so good. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. What is your best selling fragrance? Vanilla chai. <laughs> Hands oh, down. By you knew vanilla chai. And, yeah. and, and, and why do you think that is? Do you, do you think people would do they to like spiciness or? My guess is that um, adding cinnamon to a body product is, is, isn't always done. It's, you know, how vanilla is everywhere <laughs> and yeah, certain yeah. fragrances are everywhere, like your lavenders, which are great sellers, but your lavenders and your vanillas, those are going to be just a baseline fragrance that might end up everywhere. Cinnamon is not something that ends up everywhere. So I think when you open the jar, there's this moment where you're like, ha, 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 hello, haven't smelled anything like that. It's just different. Right. This is different. Yeah. Yeah. Melissa, do, do you think it's important to your brand that you and your team, your inside team make all of your products? It is. And, you know, I've gone back and forth with that. As you can imagine with me uh, down there in my downstairs that was over cluttered and feeling like I was losing my complete mind. <laughs> I, 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 I sat there and said, maybe, Melissa, <laughs> maybe you should rethink this handcrafting thing. So, <laughs> so I, ha I will admit that I definitely had that moment because um, as I'm doing my research of other businesses, I do realize that when it comes to scaling, contract manufacturing is oftentimes the way to go. And, and I don't frown on any business that chooses that. But for us and for me, and because my products are so unique, I really have to keep on handcrafting. The small batches and doing everything in-house is super duper important to me. I think that's why you get the product that you get when it comes to us. Melissa, what do you see when you look into the future of the maker uh, industry, so to speak, which really is actually, it kind of is an industry. Maybe 10 years ago it wasn't, but I think that um, there's, that's not too far away from that right now. What do you see? Do you see a bright future? Do you see it continuing to grow people with the mindset that you have, that the more you're able to make in-house yourself with your in-house team that you have your hands on, on a regular basis, do you see that growing in terms of popularity, in terms of consumers buying products and making choices? Absolutely. I definitely do. I think that the trend of people today is similar to what I was saying about people connecting with a person and not just a logo. The trend of people today is to do a little bit better connecting themselves to their purchases. In the past, I don't know if we were super educated consumers. Mm -hmm. And now, because there's so much information out there, a lot of us are just so much better educated about e every purchase that we make. So now we're looking at ingredients when we may not have ever done that in the past. Growing up, I only remember anyone turning the jar over to check calorie counts. You know, other than that, no one cared what was in the product, whatever. Let me get it. And now people are just more conscious and they're more educated. So yes, that's where makers come in. People care about the fact that this is going to be sourced and made by hand directly. And there's not going to be a lot of mass market chemicals that'll be thrown in it. Because as I started developing Mocha Whip, I started seeing exactly why certain harsh chemicals are added to products. Because when you are making 
in those humongous batches. The only way to make sure that certain things don't happen is to use the very strongest chemical possible. And that's why they shy away from natural because natural is usually variable and variable can affect a company's sales. So for Mocha Whip to choose to be natural, that means every single jar does not look exactly the same. It looks pretty much the same. But because we use unrefined shea butter, one block may be a little yellower, one block may be a little grayish, and the finalized jar may have a different, slightly different look. And that's what natural is. We have to be willing to accept that variance that comes with natural and, you know, and ride it because I think that's the way that everyone's going in. We're just more educated. I, I love that you mentioned that. And I, I love hearing that you personally are excited to be connected personally yeah. with people um, because I, 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 I love watching how that actually helps people's businesses grow because you are really, you know, we are the only, the sole thing about our businesses that no one else can copy or steal or mm -hmm. borrow. So having that, having infused your family and yourself and your story into your brand just makes your products all that more appealing and fun. That's right. right. Yeah. That's fun right. is fun is important that you're bringing fun and swirlies and cuties and mm -hmm. <laughs> more cinnamon into people's lives, which is great. So we are mm -hmm. on the precipice of a whole new decade, Melissa, and your business is taking off. You've only yes. been in business for just over 24 months. Tell us yeah. what advice do you give for someone who's listening? They're starting out. It's a whole new decade. You know how it is like the new year and all the thing. What, right. what, what words of advice do you have for anybody getting started today in, as they're looking around and maybe they are somewhat deflated. They spend a little bit too much time looking at what everybody else is doing on Instagram. That's what right. words of advice and encouragement would you give them as we close out today? Um, I definitely want to motivate people to stay the course. Um, if you're on a path, stay the course and remember that your journey will be your own. So if it happened for me, whatever it is, much quicker or much slower, it doesn't matter as to when that may happen for you. Your journey will be your own. So stay the course, remember what it is that you wrote down. If you have a business plan or a set of outlines, notes, steps, a timeline, that's going to come in handy for you remembering to take the steps that you need to, to take. And remember that you won't always feel amazing. That's normal and that is okay. It doesn't mean that you're weaker or less than any other entrepreneur. We've all been down, just get back up and take your next step. And then the very last piece of advice, and this is one that, that I had to receive as well, remain thankful. Don't get so busy and so overwhelmed by the things that may actually be happening to you are not happening yet, that you're not thankful for the things that have happened or the business that has come to you in whatever form it's come. So just remember that as well. Great words of advice and encouragement from Melissa Troop at Mocha Whip in yes. West Palm Beach, Florida. Tell us where to go to get more Mocha Whip, your, where to follow you, where to buy your products. Absolutely. Well, if you're in Florida, we're all over the state of Florida in Whole Foods or Earth Fair. 
If you are not in Florida, you can shop with us online at mochawhip.com, M-O-C-H-A-W-H-I-P. If you are purchasing wholesale, you can shop at mochawhip.fair, F-A-I-R-E.com. And you can follow us on Instagram. Our handle is heymochawhip, H-E-Y-M-O-C-H-A-W-H-I-P. Words of encouragement and advice. Great things to remember from Melissa Troop at Mocha Whip. Hey, this has been fantastic, Melissa. I'm so excited. You guys got to get over to Hey Mocha Whip on Instagram. Check out those cuties. Check out those swirlies and make sure you stock up. Melissa, thank you so much today. And thank you so much. This was fun. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. And you're going to see me. You're going to, you're going to see me over there at Hey Mocha Whip. Let's. <laughs> All right. Take I'm care then. It. Bye now. Okay. Bye. Well, I sure hope this episode of Indie Business Podcast left you inspired, encouraged, and excited about the future of your small business. Let's quickly review three of the most significant business insights Melissa and I discussed today. First, write things down. Melissa reminded us of the power of the pen. When you write things down and journal your life and your experience as an entrepreneur, not only do you have a chance to refine your thoughts and collect them, but you also create a tool that you can use to calm yourself down when you're about to panic or become overwhelmed. Reviewing what you're doing, where you have come from, and where you want to go can have a soothing effect because it removes things that do not matter from the equation. It allows you to fully focus on yourself without distraction. Number two, enjoy your own unique journey. Also related to journaling, Melissa cautions not to look at how someone else's journey is going and think that yours should be the same or even similar. Your journey is yours alone, she says, and you'll have more confidence and be more successful as you go along if you take care to remember that. And number three, use social media wisely and intentionally. Melissa reminded us that comparison is the thief of joy and that social media is a recipe for disaster if it's used to compare yourself to other people. Melissa cautioned to focus on using only one or two social outlets at a time and to take the time to engage with people honestly and authentically because the proactive engagement, she says, it what is what keeps people coming back again and again to follow and learn more about your brand. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with someone you love and help spread the word. This podcast is all about the revolution, the indie business revolution, where people are breaking the mold of traditional entrepreneurship and creating success on their own terms. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, won't you do me the favor of rating this podcast while you're listening? It helps me so much to know that you appreciate the amazing people and stories featured here on the Indie Business Podcast. You can also share episodes from the blog at IndieBusinessNetwork.com to your favorite social media outlets. I will see you on the next episode of Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love.